invite you as we begin this series to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. And if you're kind of wondering where about that's at, um, Psalms is towards the middle of the Bible. And so if you go from Psalms, the next book is Proverbs. Um, if you find yourself in, say, like Isaiah, you've gone a little bit too far to the right, you have to go back a little bit. Um, so Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 through 18. And this is the dialogue section of Proverbs where there's um, these longer, longer pieces that are all spoken together. Uh, different points in the book of Proverbs, you get kind of the, the one-off, the one-liners. Uh, this is in the larger sections of explaining what the value of wisdom is. So, I'll admit, it's kind of hard to pick where to begin and end without just reading a couple chapters at a time. But for our purposes today, Proverbs 3, 11 through 18 will do just fine. And we'll hear something about discipline as we think about spiritual disciplines and how in, the, in Proverbs, this discipline and wisdom are combined. The wisdom that comes from God and leads us back to God is not a works-based righteousness. It's not us saving ourselves, but it is us applying ourselves in a certain direction. It is taking hold of something important. And so as we think about spiritual disciplines and explain a little bit more about that, let's remember the wisdom that is the foundation of them, which all of this is a gift from God. It is grace to be embraced. So before we read Proverbs 3 together, let's pray. God, may you give us the wisdom in our hearts and minds to apply ourselves to your grace. May we be given the assurance through your word of your amazing love, grace, and mercy poured out for us that we might take hold of it in meaningful ways, that we might grow in grace. Lord, that we may not turn away when things are a little bit hard, a little bit tiring, a little bit painful but rather that we may hold on to your grace and be made wise through your Holy Spirit and through the Word. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, beginning at verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, and in her left riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Don't despise discipline or resent rebuke. I hope that these verses can be foundational as we talk about different spiritual disciplines, and, and there's a myriad of them out there. Um, the ones that we might think of that we'll cover throughout this series would be scripture study and prayer, practicing that solitude and mindfulness, not forgetting about celebration as a spiritual discipline, that we are called to be people who, of 
celebration. Also, fasting, as we think about perhaps that's something to take on in a season or in Lent. These are all different disciplines. And so that's why I thought it was fitting to start with Proverbs 3. Do not despise discipline and do not resent rebuke. Because it's that word discipline that, that might accidentally get some baggage and connotation with it. I read discipline and I tend to think of being in trouble. Now, some of my experiences as a child and youth would reinforce that often discipline was the thing that happened when you were in trouble. When you did something wrong, you were disciplined. Now, what I am mindful of is that that can paint a picture where, where God's discipline is almost like just the picture of God waiting for us to mess up so that he can mess with us. And I don't think that's the right picture of God. Not resenting rebuke and not rejecting discipline not despising it, is not the same as saying, okay, once I mess up, God will discipline me somehow. Discipline as only the negative. Because in Proverbs, it seems like discipline has a certain amount of teaching and an invitation to wisdom within it. The Proverbs foundation of wisdom, which is kind of the foundational worldview in the Bible for wisdom, is this invitation to, to growth, Wisdom is this good thing that comes from God and leads us back to God. And so when we think about discipline, I don't want you to have in your picture that we're going to create a checklist of things that if you don't do them, you're a bad Christian or you messed up or blah, blah, blah. Insert your picture of discipline as a negative. But let's also think about the positive aspect of discipline because I think that's really more where Scripture steers us. Yes, as Hebrews says, we endure discipline, we endure hardship, and we learn from it. But there's a step before that that we should pay attention to. Discipline is what we apply ourselves to. Discipline, like in Proverbs, the, the personification of wisdom, that she is the one that you hold on to. Discipline is what we apply ourselves to. It's what we give our effort and our energy and our time. Discipline is the application now, it's not about us saving ourselves, but it is about growing into the fullest of who God has created us to be. Disciplined grace is a way to say grace is a free gift from God and always will be. Disciplined grace is saying, I want to take steps further into God's grace. I want to get deeper into my understanding of God's grace. I want to marvel at God's grace more. This is the discipline that we take. And anything that we want to grow in takes a certain amount of discipline. But there's also pitfalls to it, right? There's ways that we get stuck. Um, there's reasons that spiritual disciplines are hard, not the least of which I think is our own inner critic. And I think as we try to discipline ourselves into grace, as we seek out disciplined grace, I do think that we have something working against us. The devil, your adversary, prowls around like a lion seeking someone to devour, says 1 Peter. I think there will be some resistance if you try to apply yourself to discipline. Things will come up and get in the way. And that's the moment where we say, is this discipline worth it? Is applying ourselves towards grace worth it? Or is it something that can come and go? A few pitfalls to disciplines that we might think of. One, as we read Proverbs 3, if we replace just the Lord's discipline with the Lord's spiritual disciplines, and we say don't despise 
the Lord's discipline. I don't think any of us here would openly admit or say or even believe, oh yeah, I really despise praying. Oh, I really despise reading my Bible. I don't think that's the actual problem here. We don't despise these things, but are we always applied within them? A few issues that might come up. One, am I doing it right? Now, I have with me a skill. Um, I've got some yarn. Ooh, wow, that's fun to play with, but what could I make out of it? I have some knitting needles that are way too large for anything that I think I could do, and I honestly don't know how to use these. And so spiritual disciplines, well, for me, it'd be like knitting. Sometimes it's like, I just don't know exactly what to do. I know other people can do it. I've seen Caitlin knit socks. Like, that's impressive. And, you know, there's just this constant knitting when we drive to Iowa and back and forth. But I think sometimes spiritual disciplines for any of us might feel like what knitting feels like to me. It's something that you know is possible. You know other people do it. You've seen it done but you're just not sure if you'll get it right, and you don't know exactly what you're doing, and so eventually it's just like, nah, I ain't doing that. This is hard. I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. That went further than I thought. Is it some new skill? Is it something that we can talk ourselves out of because we're like, I don't know how to do it. It's hard. I get a step wrong, and I'm frustrated, and so we can think about, okay, well, is there a wrong way to read your Bible? I would say the absence of reading would be the wrong way. Is there some time spent? Is there the right or wrong way? Don't think of spiritual disciplines like knitting or don't get yourself psyched out of saying, this is going to be really hard. I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. The act of trying is the discipline to put ourselves in some effort to say, I can learn this. Also, like knitting, if I were really going to learn how to knit, I know people who know how that I can learn from. And this is part of our purpose as a communion of saints, a church, is to learn from one another and to teach one another. So don't approach disciplines as we go through them through the, through the following weeks with the, uh, this is too hard, my perfectionism will kick in, I'm not sure if I'm doing it right, so maybe I should just quit. Knitting could be one idea. Avoid pride and perfectionism. The other might be, well, Maybe something like this. Imagine that I'm scrolling on my phone, which I left in the pew, scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's the New Year's time. There's all kinds of, you know, fitness ads and everything else. And I'm like, man, I really want to look like that guy, right? Well, he must be doing something right. So, okay, well, I'll, I'll exercise, right? I'm going to become like the person that I see. So, okay, great. Let's, um, oh, one. All right, good. Check in the mirror. I still look the same. Rats. Not instant progress. Not instant transformation. I was hoping if I did one push-up, I'd start to look like, you know, late 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger. Not actually possible for me, I don't think. There is delayed gratification within spiritual disciplines. It is not instant results. It is not microwave fast. It is... Even I think a crockpot might be too fast in comparison when we think about applying ourselves to a life of discipline. I think in seasons, like New Year's or Lent, we might try on something new, but spiritual disciplines are not some fad for the Christian life. They are a continuous application of us living into God's grace, 
of living into the stories of the Bible, of praying well, of practicing solitude and mindfulness, of tithing and celebrating, and yes, occasionally fasting from something, not to self-punish, but to make ourselves mindful of God. Too often we can seek instant fixes, and they don't work. And then we get discouraged because there's no results, so, well, we almost come back to despising the disciplines or resenting the rebuke. It's not working fast enough. I've been trying to pray, and I'm just, I, I, I don't hear anything from God. I'm not sure, once again, we could go back to knitting. I'm not sure if I'm doing it right. And so it's easy to say, this isn't doing anything for me. Clearly, it's not working. It either doesn't work at all, or I just am not doing it right. This is a long-term discipline. Anything that we do in terms of spiritual disciplines might take years to build fruit, to bear fruit. And we typically aren't a people who wait for something for years unless we absolutely have to. So don't despise the time that it might take or the duration of time before anything really changes because it's not instant microwave transformation, but what we are after is transformation. And that maybe brings us to a third pitfall to keep in mind. I have um, a Bible trivia book. And imagine if you were uh, looking at that Bible trivia book and it was like, I don't know most of the answers in this. Ugh, I don't know enough. So you know what? There's an easy fix to this. I want to be better at Bible trivia. I will start reading my Bible. No wrong way to do it. But let's say we start with Genesis 1. And we're eager to learn more and to be really good at Bible trivia. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, what's the first question? Who were the two wives of Abigail, or two husbands of Abigail? Abigail was a wife to two different people. What kind of book is this? We don't get far enough and fast enough. We don't understand what's happening. Okay, well, I know some of the verses. I know Jeremiah 29, 11 know that all things must work out for me for good. God has a good purpose for me, but it's not helping me learn the things that I think I need to know. Maybe we open the trivia book and we look through and we still don't know. Now, one pitfall would be it takes time and years to grow familiarity with Scripture. But the reason I use the trivia book as an example, I do think trivia can be fun, it can be a great thing to do, and it might just help us be pointed in a direction of something we can learn. But trivia is also a head game. Trivia lives up here. And so as we do apply ourselves to discipline, whether and not just to Bible reading, but Bible reading, prayer, all of disciplines, make sure that it isn't something that just lives in your head. Now, the life of the mind is important, and in Reformed theology, we've maybe tended almost a little bit too much towards the life of the mind. It's important but it's not the end game that we're after. If it's only living in our minds, like our goal is not to just be really good trivia players. And I draw attention to the children's blessing that we do as an example. We do say, give me ears to hear as they learn God's word. Also give me hands to serve and a heart to love. That, that the disciplines aren't just head games, they are transformation for our heart and our hands being symbolic of our action. 
this isn't just a head game. The head game can turn into checking off boxes. Did I set aside enough time for prayer? Did I, did I run through the right motions? Sometimes we do just need to give ourselves an outline. This is what I'm going to do. This is the plan I'm going to follow. That's all fine and good. But don't forget about what we're after is transformation. This is disciplined grace towards God. This isn't just a matter of getting more head knowledge. Head knowledge is not our end game. It is disciplining ourselves, applying ourselves towards knowing God more deeply, towards understanding God's purpose for us better. And this certainly comes through reading Scripture, through setting aside time for prayer, through practicing disciplines, for applying ourselves to it. But it's not the goal that we're after in ultimately told that action is the antidote to despair. So when we feel like giving up, we feel like we don't know if we're doing it right, we feel like this is too hard or it's not producing the, the results that we were hoping for as fast as we were hoping for, remember that action is the antidote to all of the reasons that we might say, I don't know, I don't know if this is worth it. Maybe this is for other people, but just not for me. Maybe other people get this right and know how to do it, but I don't want to admit that I don't know how. This is a life of discipline. To not despise discipline, not resent rebuke. Because in what we're given in Proverbs, discipline and rebuke are corrective ways that we grow, that we grow and prosper and flourish in ways that God intends. So we don't resent or or, or steer away from these good things. Put spiritual disciplines in that category. To not despise them. And to despise is simply to devalue. And we have lots of things in life that need our attention, and we have to value them because we are finite, limited people. We don't have infinite energy. We don't have infinite amounts of time. To despise is to devalue. And so to say, we want to value these disciplines. We don't want to devalue what we can learn and grow into, how we can be transformed by God if we apply ourselves to these means of grace. Don't despise them and devalue spiritual disciplines or resent the rebuke because growth involves some amount of discomfort. Growth involves some amount of pain. Corrective learning does sometimes sting a little bit. Repent is a good word of turning away from. Repent is to turn away from that which is bad, to turn towards that which is good. Resent, this is more like turn your nose up at. Like, that's not for me. Don't turn your nose up at some of the simplicity or potential value of spiritual disciplines. To not turn away from them. And as we talk about things like prayer, it might be intimidating to think, am I doing it right? And my advice for years, and will continue to be, prayer is as simple as please and thank you. Saying to God in the morning, please help with this, and thank you for that. I don't think that's just the box we check. I think it starts the conversation, that we get used to saying, please God, and thank you God, until it's a lifestyle of conversation, till we're just used to talking to God throughout our day. 
This happens when we apply ourselves to value that conversation. I don't think we become instant Bible trivia experts. I do think over time we grow familiar with some of not only the repetition of stories we've heard before, but also ways that God seems to show up in Scripture, that we become familiar with how God acts and how God relates to the people in the Bible, and that, that might be just a good clue in how God relates to us today. Don't despise or devalue the discipline of applying ourselves towards God's grace. Don't forget that it's personal and transformational. It is not transactional. Rather, it's going to take time, and it's going to be a life rhythm, not a one-and-done, check-the-box thing. And that we're going to get things wrong as we go, but part of rebuke is this idea of learning. It's not fun to be corrected. And I think if we spend time in Scripture and prayer and solitude, if we practice discipline, I think sometimes that holds up a mirror for us. Sometimes mirrors point out things that we would rather not see. I think that is where God does corrective work. And sometimes we might despise that. We might rather resent what is being held up for us. That's what the breakthrough needs to happen. We break through the things that we maybe find that we don't like as we apply ourselves to discipline and wisdom. But with some perseverance, with some prayer, we continue on, not worrying about getting it right or wrong, not worrying about what results, but simply applying ourselves to the Lord's spiritual disciplines that in them we might find grace upon grace to understand God's love and grace and mercy for us better and better, to appreciate it more deeply. And this is good. And the last word that I would share today, as we think about the benefits of wisdom and discipline, I think Proverbs articulates it really, really well. But maybe the last thing that we might have a little bit of resistance to, saying, you know what? I don't know if I have room in my life for one more thing. We live in a busy, fast-paced world, and as we're talking about, oh man, praying, reading the Bible, doing these things, this might take time. I don't know if I have more that I can add to my already full life. Can I take on anything else? The answer is probably yes. I think we all can think of examples of times when we ourselves or someone we know has talked about how busy they are and yet they're always up to date on their favorite shows. It's amazing. This is back to how we value certain things and put time spent. But I wonder if take on is a phrase that we can think of with ships and water. In general, it is not a good thing for ships to take on water. Now, my experience of ships is not very vast, I will admit this, but I do know that if you're kayaking, say, and uh, people are using those water balers and shooting water into your kayak, you do slow down as you take on more water. I just know in general, boats taking on water is usually a bad thing. And I wonder if that's how spiritual disciplines, this idea of taking on something else sounds to us. It's like, I'm a full boat and I don't need to take on more water. I can't, that's gonna slow me down. But let's also remember the active sense of taking something on. 
Ships also take on water, as in they go further into the sea. They take on the waves. They take them head on. So if we're talking about spiritual disciplines, does it sound like, oh, I'm taking on water that's going to fill up the hole and make me slower? Or is it the adventure of saying, I'm going to take on the sea. I'm going to go further out than I've ever gone before in this. I invite you to think of yourself as a boat. Maybe you could knit one. Are you going to take on something to go further, to apply yourself to grace, to experience it more fully? Are you going to take on the adventure and see what you see along the way and what you learn along the way? Hopefully that's our picture and not of taking on as this is going to slow me down. I don't have the room for this. I don't have the capacity for this. Friends, as people who know God's grace, let's take on the great adventure and see where God leads us as we not despise the Lord's discipline, but as we celebrate it and as we don't resent what we might learn about ourselves along the way, God's correction, but as we embrace it, that the transformation happens within our hearts, that that transforms our minds and our hands to serve both now and forever, until Christ calls us home. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you tell us in Proverbs, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. Lord, may we be people who are always seeking your wisdom, and may we be blessed to do so. May it be worth celebrating a closer walk with you, a deeper understanding of who you are and how you show up in our lives. May we gain understanding both of your world as how you see it and your purposes for us as you intend us. May this be a good taking on. May this be an adventure that is well worth our time, our effort, our energy to discipline ourselves, to embrace the grace that you have given us. This we pray in the holy name of Christ our Lord. Amen.